What if I just don't want to be bothered with their issues? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. Last week, we deviated and did not address the Parsha. This week, there actually is no Parsha, at least for those of us in Tachlis Talks lands outside of Israel. This Friday and Shabbos are Shavuos, and as such, Shabbos will not have a classic Parsha of the week. All of those of you in Israel, you guys luck out, and you will uh, um, already be reading Parshas Nasso on Shabbos. We'll be catching up to you in a few weeks. But for the rest of us, we will be reading, um, sorry, Shavuos-related readings, including the Megillah, the reading of the book of Rus, or Rut, or Ruth, Megillah's Rus will be read on Shavuos on the second day of Shavuos this Shabbos. Not focusing today on Rus herself, but on one of the more tragic personalities in the book of Rus. To many, when you hear tragic personality in the book of Rus, you immediately think of Orpah. Orpah, the sister of Rus, who has the opportunity to cling to the righteous Naomi, the opportunity to further her attachment to Israel, to move to the land of Israel, but she turns Orpah. She turns the back of her head, stiff-necked rejection, and goes off to what becomes a very promiscuous future, which leads to the birth of Goliath. Goliath. Yes, David and Goliath are distant cousins, but not for now. We're actually not going to talk about Goliath or about Arpa. I want to talk about a different tragic personality in the book and a lesson we can learn from the mistake of that tragic personality, and that is Elimelech. Elimelech, who we really only interface with toward the very beginning of the book, a man who had it all. The text is describing this very wealthy nobleman of Israel who abandons Israel, and he abandons the populace in Israel during the famine. Somebody who the Medrash describes as a man of great wealth, a grant of power, a grant of great authority, and who had the capacity to be there for others in their time of need, but he just didn't want to. Just didn't want to be bothered with more people knocking at the door. And we can imagine that he was, in general, a very righteous and giving person. Hey, Naomi is his wife, and we can expect that in throughout, he was known as somebody you could turn to, and that's why he knew he would be turned to all the more in this time of crisis. And it was just too much. The going got tough, and he got going. And this is deemed a major failure. Our sages see his death soon upon leaving Israel as tied to this failure. And he is strongly criticized for giving up and turning away and opting not to be there for the other. But it just seems so difficult. We all know that it gets to a point. We're committed to various causes, and then they just want more and more of our time, and we volunteered for a certain project, and it's becoming more and more absorbing, more extensive, and we're financially there for others, and there's just so many more needs. Uh, Those of us listening currently, still in the world, so strongly affected and impacted by the COVID virus, that even though thankfully, (laughs) kind of slowly moving out of the, the quarantines and the restrictions, but the financial turmoil and the distress, and how many of us have so many more emails per week in our inboxes, how many of those who are in the, have the capacity to be giving, are being asked to stretch so much further than usual, 
And we can kind of feel that, that difficulty and that sense of frustration that Elimelech would have had. How do we manage to combat that sense of just wanting to give up, wanting to kind of retire from that involvement in giving and charity and good when it becomes so difficult? So I want to toss out a few suggestions. Always eager to hear yours as well. Number one, when the going gets tough, that's when it matters. Mishnah tells us in Perkei Avos, the way many Mishnahs break down the Mishnahs, this would be the shortest Mishnah in all of Talmud and an easy one to remember. Basically, when there is pain, there is gain. To the degree that there is pain, there is gain. To the degree that it's difficult, that's when it really matters. And if we have been giving, hopefully, nice amounts of charity, good amounts of our time, paying attention to the needs of others, volunteering our talents, our resources, our capacity to others, but to the degree that it was kind of easy, enjoyable, fun, good to be involved, great, but that's not yet where we're being tested. That's not where it really matters. That's not where we are being measured. The measure of the man is related to the degree that he is rising to the crisis and he is responding when it is not easy. So number one, exactly at the point that it became frustrating, exactly at the point that the giving is, whoa, this is going to impact my upcoming vacation, exactly at the point that this is more hours than I originally signed up for, that is where it becomes significant. So I suggest having that in mind for starters. Number two, Every time you hear the word chayim, l'chayim, in whatever form, remind yourself of the following. Chayim, life. To life, to life, l'chayim. That's not accurate. That's not an accurate translation. Chayim is plural. Chayim. Chay is singular. Chayim is plural. We're really saying to lives. To lives, to lives, l'chayim. What do you mean to lives? And why do we refer to life in the plural? Well, one approach is that because there is no such thing as living a life that is a singular life. We're in this life for the big life that follows. Every action we're doing over here, every word, ultimately every thought that we're doing over here is developing the big-time life, the eternal life that follows. And in that context, thinking of it, Okay, I'm giving up X amount of dollars, which I would utilize for my own self for some pleasure. But can that pleasure match any type of eternal pleasure? Call that pleasure X. Call it X plus 100, X plus 1,000, whatever you're going to call it. But that's for how long? How deep is the pleasure? How long does it go? For a few years? Most pleasures are for a few moments. But even if it is for a few years, even if it's for a few tens of years, even if you're making some modification that's going to last you your lifetime, a hundred years compared to eternity is infinitesimally small and as such infinitesimally meaningless. The half of our life that's the here and the now is so petty compared to the other half of our life that we are establishing for ourselves. So whatever it is, this person... They keep asking more of my time and they, they sap my energy, my strength, but putting that energy towards that person's need for the extra hour or two hours, however it's going to be, 
Instead, I would be what? Relaxing? Getting a good massage? I mean, what, going swimming? Going to the gym? What would I be doing that's so much more pleasurable in that time that can begin to compare to the eternal pleasure of what it means to have done another mitzvah? So, number one, just recognizing as it starts to become difficult, that's when we're building the spiritual muscle. Number two, the focus on that idea of chayim and the other part of the chayim. Number three, an anecdote which I believe I did share in the Tachlis Talk podcast uh, world, but way back as we were first starting over a year ago, and that is the following. About 100 years ago in England, the lead, one of the lead sages of England, and really of Europe at the time, was a Rabbi Abramsky. Rabbi Abramsky was approached he was approached by somebody who had a leadership position in his community, somebody who shouldered much of the needs of the community purely as a volunteer. He was there for the, for the organizations. He was there for those who were down and out, putting his brains and his time and his finances for the betterment of the community. And he approached Rabbi Abramsky and said, I'd like to retire. I've put in so much of my time and energy. I want to pull back and relax a little bit. Can I? Rabbi Abramsky did not want to answer the question. He said, I'm biased. I'm in this community. It's my community, and, and your, your pulling back is going to be a detriment. I can't feel comfortable answering that question. I don't believe I can be objective in answering the question. I'd like you to go and turn the question to the great sage, the Chavetz Chaim. The Chavetz Chaim, Rabbi Yisrael Meir Kagan of Radin, Lithuania, known for one of his many, many works that he wrote, Chavetz Chaim, somebody who was recognized as of the greatest sages of the millennium and of the most saintly individuals to have walked the planet, turned this question over to him. This individual travels to Radin, spending Shabbos with the Chavetz Chaim and planning and having a private meeting with the Chavetz Chaim after Shabbos to address this question. Toward the end of Shabbos, the Chavetz Chaim and others are gathered to have their final meal of Shabbos, the Shalashudas meal, Sudash Lishit. And as is traditional, they chant the paragraph of Psalms, Mizmor the David, the Psalm unto David, the Lord is my shepherd, that Psalm is recited, is chanted, and the Chavetz Chaim then begins to comment about the Psalm. And he says, in that Psalm, King David asks God, Ach, God, let it be that but only good and kindness chase me all the days of my life. Asks the Chavetz Chaim, why was King David asking that good and kindness chase him? Maybe ask, I should be chasing, I should be pursuing good and kindness. I should run after opportunities of good and kindness. But what does it mean that they should chase me? Said the Chavetz Chaim, King David was acknowledging that something is going to be chasing me. Something is going to be grabbing my attention, grasping at my time. Something is going to be demanding of my energy. Something is going to be that which is exhausting me and and taxing me. And let it be that those somethings are goodness and kindness. Let it be that I merit that the things that are kind of wearing me thin are all things for which I'm getting spiritual credit. God forbid there could be so many other things that are, that are demanding our time and energy and that are weakening us and that are drawing at us. Let it be that all those things that are yirdafuni, that are chasing me, grasping at me, that they're all elements of good and kindness. Well, this guest from England had no need 
to maintain his post-Shabbos meeting with the Chavetz Chaim, came back to England where he was now inspired, uh, charged to be continuing to be passionately there for the needs of the community. Remembering that message, that if we have the opportunity to be there for the other, to be there for the other, for the institution, for the individual, for the needs of the community, thank God that we have the capacity to be providing to those others. And again, need not be money. It may be our attention. It may be our, our and it, it may not be somebody like it may not be a lofty major national institution. It may be just the, the, not the others who are in my home, who are stressed by the current COVID situation, or just stressed with life in general. And I can be more attentive to them. We don't have to be thinking in very grand terms, but there are the many things that demand our time, our energy, our resources that we would sometimes like to. <sighs> just like to pull back and breathe a little bit. But no, if I'm blessed that I can be the provider to others, hey, thank God I'm the provider, not the recipient. And thank God that it's an act of goodness that is demanding that energy of mine. So recalling these elements that when it gets tough, we're not going to get going, or not going to get going away. We'll get going into that project because that's when it really matters. And we're building that other half of our life, the eternal half of our life, and that we are actually thankful to God that we can be involved in providing goodness and kindness to others. Keeping those ideas in mind can help us continue to develop those spiritual muscles and utilize those spiritual muscles and accomplish so much more good, be there for the other and not get frustrated or get frustrated for the moment and overcome it and continue to be there for them. And in so doing, we can certainly expect to be all the more likely to achieve our tachlis.